Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a uh, podcast, a video cast, an audio book, hell, even if you need a studio built, Sweet Recording's a place for you. Joe Ganjemi, not only is he a great guy, but he knows his stuff and he's honest. So go to their website, Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com, or email them at hello at sweetrecording.com. Anyway, this is another edition of the roundtable, and it's been great. We just sit there, we come in, we talk about business. Nothing's planned because I, I I don't like people who do pre-interviews because I think it takes away the spontaneity, spontaneity, spontaneity. I can't even say it. I don't care, and it's raining out, so it screwed me up. But we have a great show, and we have a we have my first guest is uh she's Kelly Lyons from Kakua Technology, also the host of Gourmet Mama on RBN Television, and it's Kelly. How you doing, Kelly? Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Good. Glad you're here. Next, we have a, a friend I ran into a while back ago. He also has, he has two shows on RBN TV, and he co-hosts another, which he'll say that because he always has to say, oh, there's three. He uh, hosts Rainmakers Roundup and Morning Coffee. From BCAT Partners, it's Mark Iorio. How you doing, Coop? Welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Really That's am. great. Great. And finally, a friend of mine I met a while ago, and uh, he's from JMB Merchant, JMJB Merchant Solutions, and he's the host of the best of the best networking group, and it's Jeff Harris. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Coop. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Okay. We're going to start off, just do like 30 to 45 seconds or a minute, you know, just tell people what you do, what makes you different, and why you, why you enjoy what you do. And we'll start with you, Kelly. Uh, currently, I am working for Kokua Technologies, and, and that word is a Hawaiian word. It's K-O-K-U-A. It means help in Hawaiian, and we are an IT company that does, you know, all kinds of things. We have clients as little as Edna, who is 83 years old, and we help her with her Alexa when she calls us, and we also manage things like the state of Colorado's avalanche detection system, so we run the gamut of um, help systems. We sell computers, we fix computers, we sell systems, we set up your internet, we do all kinds of things. So if it's computer related, Kokua does that. Um, and I have been very lucky to be part of the sales and operations of Kokua. And um, I really, I, I love it. I love helping people. I love when somebody calls and says, I don't know how to do this, or I hate computers and I, I need your help. We actually had somebody, um, call today about just setting your password. It's like, you know, a million things that people just don't want to deal with and we can help. And in my other life, I have a cooking show. We can get more on that later called Gourmet Mama. All right. And now uh, Mark, Mark Iorio, the man, thanks, the myth. What's up? What, what, tell you, us about thanks. you. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, BCAT is a, uh, an organization that helps uh, teams work together in a more collaborative fashion. Uh, my partner and I, Al Cini, developed a uh, survey instrument years ago that gets people to rally around a specific North Star for their organization, and everyone ends up working and rowing in the same direction and working together in a more collaborative fashion. Um, as a result of that, we, we had a spinoff of the company called ProFit for Teams, which is a one-day workshop where it's all sort of consolidated together so that it's not a really long program, but it really helps uh, people to understand what it's like to work together, really, really work together for a specific purpose. And we do that for, you know, organizations small and large. And 
it's it's really unique no one's ever really doing anything quite like that they do a lot of psychological profiling for individuals uh, but this is really a, a psychological profile that's scientifically based and neurologically based uh, for your team to rally around that North Star. So uh, really cool process. We've done hundreds of them. Uh, we do a bunch of workshops and I love what I do every day. And yes, I do have a couple of shows on RVN as well, buddy. And I will invite your ass on there. Yeah, I know. I, I've never been. I've been in the morning coffee. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I guess I'm not a. I'm not a rainmaker. I, I can't do the rain. I, I, I'm gonna sit there and do it. I don't know. I, it's all right. Don't worry. I'm not offended. I, it's all right. It's okay. Anyway, enough with you, Mark. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to my friend uh, Jeff Harris. Jeff, and if Jeff had a show, he would have me on. But Jeff, <laughs> um, tell me, tell me more about you. I want to first open up by saying I've been on two of Mark's shows and <laughs> and they are a blast to be on. Um, and I'll let you guys you guys connect on that. Um, but my name is Jeff Harris. I own JMJB Merchant Solutions. In short, uh, we do credit card processing. So businesses need to get paid for whatever good or service they're offering um, out into the world. And we help them accept payments from their customers by credit cards. Um, so when you walk into a store and you buy something and you insert your credit card into a machine, that could be something that I'm doing. When you go online to make a purchase through a website, you type your credit card number and your CVV and all those things, that could be us helping that business accept payments on their website. So any business owner that's looking for help to get paid by their customer, that's where we come into play. And I've been doing this for a long time and have seen a lot of not great things happen in the payments industry. So it's been nice to operate in transparency and to be able to operate in honesty and help people make sense of things that have been made difficult to understand almost by design. So that's what I do and um, what differentiates me, Steve. That's great. Okay. I want to start, we're on Zoom now, and I know I met Mark and I met Jeff through Zoom. I met Kelly through Jeff Platt. So I we, I, we met in person first. But during the pandemic, Zoom, Zoom was so important. And I think Zoom really changed the networking game. And I say that because before that, before Zoom, you'd go to an event and you'd always run into like the asshole with like the nice suit and the nice hair and people are like kissing his ring because like groupies. And But the person had no substance, okay? And you know, if you were an intelligent person, you know this person is full of crap. And then Zoom comes along and you have breakout rooms. So if you can't talk more than two minutes, you're sunk, you disappear. And that's what I liked about Zoom because it really bridged that gap because I don't like bullshit. But what what did you really like about Zoom? And we're going to start with Kelly. What did you really like about Zoom and what didn't you like about it? I have to say that Zoom for me was a little weird. I'm an in-person person. I really like, you know, to meet people face-to-face. -face. And just for the record, both Mark and Steve have been on my show. But <laughs> Jeff, I guess it's time for you to come cook something. However, um, Zoom for me, uh, I, what I did like about Zoom is the structure of Zoom. So you're like walking in, um, you're meeting as a group, and in particular, uh, Coop, this was your 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 networking event was the very first Zoom networking event I ever went to in my entire life. So I loved the format where we kind of like everybody introduced themselves, and then we broke out into rooms, and then you kind of had a mandate to to connect you know otherwise you could get stuck in the corner at a physical networking event for a couple hours or you have a tendency to gravitate towards people that you know and you love and you see them and you want to engage in conversation and you're like oh, i gotta go meet new people <laughs> because so 
being in Zoom and that, that format definitely forces you to network in a different way, at least for me, but I still prefer being in Hey, Jeff, we're going to ask you, because also you you were hosting, I don't know if it's still going, best of the best, so you actually got, and, and you know how you have to host, but what what did you, what was your takeaway? What did you really like about Zoom, and, and what didn't you like? Yeah, that, there's a lot, and I'll be brief because I have a lot of thoughts on this. What I really liked were two things, how efficient you could be with networking, because you could go back to back and eliminate 15, 20 hour long drives here and there. You could also cut if you were on a call where someone was just pitching you and say, Hey, you know, I, I have to run and you don't literally have to walk up and leave. You can just end the call right there. So it becomes very efficient. That was the first thing I really liked. The second thing I really liked was how it was able to broaden my network geographically. I've met some really great people who have become good friends and also great referral partners in New York, Chicago, South Florida, Phoenix, people that we can exchange business and opportunities to support one another's clients. Those things would likely not have happened or would have been very costly and cost a lot of time and money in order to make those happen had Zoom or this remote way of networking not been in existence. Those are the two things I really liked about it. Um, what I don't like about it is kind of where we are now, where people um, want to continue to do the Zoom only instead of having it be in addition to getting back face-to-face -face and building those relationships belly-to-belly. -belly. Um, and I think that it, it has made that a little bit more challenging, the getting back into face-to-face -face networking uh, as well. I think there's a place for both of them, and it's not an either-or, it's a, it's a both. hope that answers your question. It does, it does. How about, how about you, Mr. Iorio? I, I, I agree with Jeff. I think that, you know, it really helped broaden uh, the amount of people or number of people, Coop, that, that uh, you, you get a chance to meet over the years. The, the other thing, too, that I, that I, and this may be surprising to a lot of people, is that even for someone like me who's been around for 40 plus years in business, it helped me hone my skill set when it came to the pitch of what I do. And, you know, by doing it constantly and being on the on Zoom calls, you know, four or five times a day, you know, you 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 become a lot better at 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 making that quick 30, 45 second, one minute pitch. So that I really liked. Uh, the thing that I didn't like about it, Coop, honestly, was that um, some of these networking groups didn't have a format and it was uh, it was kind of like a. a you know, some somewhat of a free for all. You'd mentioned breakout rooms, which I do like, but um, it it got to a point where they were not as professional as you are with your you know coffee with Coop in the morning. And um, you you know you just after a while, what you do is you just sort of hone back on the things that you you know the the networking groups that are not effective for you. You know, it, it just. That's kind of the nature of the beast. I said that I think the cream rose to the top. Now, okay, I got a question. We're following what you say, and we, we've all been in breakout rooms, and you just have that person who tries to take over the room, okay? And I always, I'm someone who, I believe that everyone should have their own voice. Everyone should, you know, have a chance to talk. But I've been in rooms where I've sat there, and I'm like, you know, screw this, I'm leaving, because this person's just bloviating about themselves how great they are what why do you think people do that jeff why do you think people sit there and go into a room when we're all there for the same reason 
at least I think, networking. Grow a relationship. You know, maybe meet people you like. Get some wisdom. People know you can always learn. But why do you think some people would go into a breakup room, Jeff, and just take it over and just, like, not shut up? It, I think it's a couple things. First off, and most importantly, it's a lack of awareness. They don't oftentimes recognize what they're doing and how they're being intrusive and how they're, you know, essentially stepping in the way of any business being done. Because I've never been in a room where someone has done that and myself or anyone else said, man, I'd really like to do business with that person. Not one time. So I think it's first a lack of awareness. Secondly, uh, I think it could be uh, a transactional type of business professional so as, as opposed to someone who's looking to build relationships. And there's nothing wrong with transactional sales and transactional business. Um, however, if you're looking to network through relationships, being transactional is probably not the best approach. And we've all felt that and seen that. And that's what I had mentioned earlier about getting on a Zoom with someone who's just like pitching you and pitching you and pitching you. Um, trying to sell you something. And we've all been in those rooms. So I would say it's lack of awareness and the wrong type of mentality. It's a transactional sales approach and not a relationship building approach. Mm. How about how about you, Kelly? Because you, you know, you you're you'd like live, but you know, if you're in a, an event where, you know, as you said, someone just takes over, you can say, screw it, I'm out of here. And Jeff, you said you can go, okay, you can just get off. But a lot of times, you know, you feel bad. You know, you're in a room for two minutes and you're like, screw this. But why do you think that people, is it just, is it, as you said, lack of awareness? Is it insecurity that they want to prove themselves? Or what do you think it is, Kelly? I do think there's an element of insecurity there or just this ego of like, I'm coming in with what I want to say. And, um, you know, I was a teacher. I taught in a classroom for many years. And when I was in graduate school, the, the instructor said, just because it's coming out of your mouth doesn't mean it's they're hearing you. Mm -hmm. and so that's something that I think people miss. And I think they kind of go in with, I'm going to get all these sound bites out of my head and into these people. And then I'm going to feel really accomplished because I said what I want to say. But if you're not an effective communicator and you're dominating the room, then it's it's super ineffective. I tune out immediately. When I see somebody getting on a roll like that, I'm in Fiji on a beach somewhere. Or checking okay, email, now, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, Mark, I want to ask you, and and the reason this I I would I'm interested in your answer is because you know you do host your shows and and you interview, and we know what it's like to interview someone, and you you sometimes I let my guests talk because my thing is people aren't there to listen to Cooper talk or watch my show. They're there to find out about my guest. But for you, what do you do? Because you're someone who has interviewed and you've interviewed people that you get guests and sometimes they don't shut up and that's fine. And that's entertainment. I mean, of course, unless they're just bull talking about bullshit. But for you, what is it like when you're in a room and someone just keeps talking and you can't say, Hey, we got to go to commercial. So right. you got to stop that. I mean, how do you handle it? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've had it happen a lot. I mean, it's uh, I think people are nervous. They're, they're, they're uptight about who they are. They're insecure as you guys are talking about. And, you know, I've had people apologize to me later on and say, you know, that person talked right over top of you. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, it's, they do whatever they want, but you know, it I had it happen to me the other night. I went to a lower bucks chamber of commerce meeting at the Newtown athletic club. And I talked to a bunch of people and my sister was there as the first time the two of us were in a networking group together. She's in a search, uh, the search business. And, um, 
and this one fellow, I could see him coming out like out of the corner of my eye. I see him like stalking me because I was talking to a bunch of people and I guess he wanted to get to know me. And um, he couldn't wait to talk. And it was, he was a CPA. And I'm like, Mike, slow down, slow down. Let me help you out here. Relax. What do you do? What makes you different? And you can do that when you're in person, when you're one-on-one, but when you're in a group, I have, I've never, I don't think I've ever sort of like jumped off the call or left the meeting room or whatever. I have a difficult time being that calloused and that rude about it, but you want, you want to do it. I mean, they're just, I think these people are nervous. It's not, I don't think it's as much ego driven as it is. They can't read the room. And you've been around people that can't read the room. Now, what do you what do you think it is? Well, actually, what do you think it is that makes the people intimidated? And and, and have you ever been intimidated in a room, Mark? Have you ever sat there going and felt intimidated? And and how did you how did you overcome that? Well, I mean, I think we all have those little idiosyncrasies where we. I mean, it may surprise you guys that I don't like. I really don't like being in a big gigantic crowd of people and, and talking to a million people you know I don't like going around shaking everyone's hand I'd rather be in a small group of people like friends like you and I were at that that uh, one event Coop. you and I sat at a table and we hung out together um, I'd prefer that I'd prefer getting to know people more intimately rather than going around playing mayor shaking hands and kissing babies i you know, that that's my style. How about you, Jeff? How about what what's what's your thing? I mean, and do you ever get intimidated? And now I'm not going to speed think, but you know, you you've had a makeover, so you're a different person from when you started. Have you noticed a reaction? Because you used to be heavier, you know, and you were you know you weren't really that happy at the time, but you've convert, you work out, you look great. Have you noticed a change of how people react to you when you walk in a room now? Because you are a completely different guy from the guy I met with a big baggy suit because he. He didn't have any new clothes, and he lost all the weight. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, for folks that have seen me before, um, I before I went through this uh, this uh, improvement, right? This physical, mental improvement. For folks that have seen me before and see me now, um, and haven't seen me, there will be something that comes up. Oh, you look great. What did you do? And and that's always like, it's always good to hear, right? And it's always good to be complimented and it's always good to compliment, right? I think that's a big thing that, that, that you, that we should all keep in mind and to say nice things and to be kind to other people when we're interacting with them. Um, so that always feels great. Um, I don't know that there's necessarily a different level of confidence when walking in a room or if there's a different level of feeling some way. I'm like Mark. I would rather sit down with with one person, have a beer, get to know them on like a personal level, and then take things from there. However, in order to get to that have a beer personal level, I have to shake a lot of hands and have a lot of uncomfortable, quite frankly, conversations and have to listen to a lot of things that I would perhaps choose not to have listened to in the first place, but I have to go through all those things in order to be able to have that intimate conversation with someone to really get to know them. So um, I don't know if there's something that um, makes me uncomfortable. I'm sure the first time I networked was probably very uncomfortable. Cause I was like, what do I do? That was probably uncomfortable. 
Um, but now it's, it's just a natural thing. Go and introduce yourself, say hi. And how can, how can I help you? Like, what are you look, who are you looking to meet and just be very direct about it. And then you find out rather quickly if that's someone you want to continue to help, um, or move on and, and say hi to the next person. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, now you, you also, you, you have a background in entertainment a little bit. So you've been, you always have to network in that business. And it's also, when you go into an event, you're a woman. And unfortunately there are a lot of elections out there. There are a lot of guys, you know, and, and I, and even though it's the year 2023, there are guys like, Hey man, that chick's hot. And I'm like, dude, no, that's, that's, you know, a, a peer of yours. Don't, don't talk like that, but they don't get it. Cause they think, you know, and it's always like this, this fat dude with a shitty suit who like thinks he's somehow going to get this woman's digits. And it's like, dude, you couldn't, I, I'm not even going to say a joke, which it's, I see so you fall into a bucket of titties and come out sucking your thumb. Okay. That's the type of person that acts like that. But for you, Kelly, what is it? Uh, do you ever get intimidated going to a room? And do you see sometimes that, you know, guys are just talking to you because you're a woman and they want to get a photo op to put it on LinkedIn. Yes, sure. Of course. Actually, it's kind of interesting because I think um, me in particular, I've kind of always been comfortable walking into a room full of men. Um, and obviously not to toot my own horn, but that's never super intimidating to me because I'm sort of setting the pace on that. However, uh, 15 years ago, walking into a room full of businesswomen, that was very hard. Um, it, as I've grown as a, a CEO and a leader and gotten a little bit more comfortable in my skin, I am definitely less, and I have some great women in business, you know, colleagues and, and events that I go to that I just love. But it, I, speaking very frankly, as a, as a woman, it was much harder to walk into a room full of 50 women because it's a little bit of a cat fight and you know everyone's a little insecure and everybody's trying to be better than the next person and there's a little bit of like stepping on women and, and and that's notorious in the business world that women really had to bring that forefront like stop doing this to each other this is we have to rise together not separately and so i i've noticed that that's gotten much better over 15 years but yes the lead the leches in the in the room I've just, I've always felt very comfortable handling it. So that's. Don't they get, like, don't they get like everybody else sees? Like, I never understand that. And you guys can just weigh in. Don't they understand that, you know, we all, we all have a self consciousness. We all, you know, we, we all, I know if, you know, if someone doesn't like me, I can tell, but everyone likes me because I'm Cooper. No, <laughs> uh, I don't, but I think don't, wait, why don't you think they see that? I mean, why would someone go in and, they're damaging their reputation. It's like I had a guy make a, uh, and I talked to Jeff about this. I had a guy make an anti-Semitic comment to me at a networking event, okay? And it was in front of me and my friend who's a mayor of a small town. And I'm thinking, why, like, why would someone do that? Why would someone be, make a comment like that? Or why would someone be like a total lech? I mean, what is in their psyche where, don't they know that is so bad for business? And if I was in, if I wasn't in, if I wasn't a performer, and I don't believe in people getting canceled, you know, you get things. I could have just canceled this guy out, but I said it's not my, it's not my job. It's he's going to put his own foot in his mouth. But why do you think it is, Jeff? Why do you think people? Do, do you think it's a lack of self awareness, or are they trying to show off, or do they think that people like that? I I don't know. You and I spent quite a bit of time at that coffee when we were talking about this because I had a similar I'm Jewish and I had a similar experience somebody made an innocent, innocent in the comments to me I don't think they knew I was Jewish 
I had to like stop them immediately and be like, by the way, just before we go any further, I'm Jewish. And I want you to be aware of that before this gets really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and now that person's not really someone I spend any, any time with. I think that there's a demographic of people that try to build rapport and relationships through putting others down or through operating in that type of capacity. And by gaining that type of camaraderie or perceived camaraderie through putting someone else or someone else's down, um, they think that it, it helps build rapport faster. That's the only, like, I don't agree with it. Um, I think it's, ridiculous but i i really can't think of why in a business setting it's one thing to like speak your beliefs but it's another thing to i don't know to be racist or anti-semitic or sexist like outright in front of people i I just i i don't understand and i don't have an answer as to why even though i just spoke to you for a minute so i i don't know i'm not sure well how about you kelly and have you ever had someone who was sexist to you at an event where you went Hold, what? Like, tell me what you, why do you think they do it? And, and tell us what happened to you where someone was just, and if you want to say their name, I don't give a shit, say their name, but uh, tell us. I, um, I've, had, I've had plenty of that. My tactic is typically, I, I try and make a joke out of it. So I'll say like, oh no, you can't say that now. Like, or you can't say that on TV. And, and um, you know, somebody tell me that it must be really easy for me to pick up business with that rack I have. And I said, well, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's like, I have to bring levity to it because what else are you going to do? But I, I had to stop the conversation. So it was like, let's bring some levity to it. I, and again, you're in a room full of 50 people. You want to make, you want to make this into an issue. It's, it's, you know, I try to rise above and get people to meet me. My, my slogan is they go low, I go high. Yeah. And but don't, uh, don't you think, but don't you think if you're bringing levity to it, that gives them the reason that they can keep doing it if you don't sit there and say shut the fuck up mm. seriously do you don't you think this do you think that i mean i know it would be uncomfortable but do you think that would change this person or do you just think they're just oblivious and they don't care no i don't think you're going to change anybody i don't think anybody ever changes I, I think that that is that is that is something that you know that's a personality driven thing and uh and i've often like the, actually the rap comment i said it doesn't it doesn't hurt but See you later. Like I just turned, I ended the conversation. I was done. Yeah. That's that's the end of that conversation. And um, yeah, I would. My dad. My dad is a very successful business person, and he told me when I was coming out of college, and he said, "Listen, um, beautiful women want to be perceived as smart, and smart women want to be perceived as beautiful. Uh, you're going to have to figure out a way to handle both of those things." All right, well, that, that makes sense. So that's good. Now, now, Mark, how about you? Because also you are a little bit older than us and you come from a different grain. The the the, the networking has changed. You know, the comments have changed. I mean, even when you go back before you, like when you watch Mad Men, you know, it was like, the, it was just a free, it was a free for all. Like, hey, let's get a drink. Hey, yeah, let me grab your butt. But for you, I mean, what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, and how did you handle it? I, look, I think there's the, the guys that Kelly's talking about and we're all we're all mentioning. I think they're the same guys that go to a stop sign or a stoplight and think they're going to pick up a girl that's in a car next to them and go to bed with them. That's that's the mentality of these people, the, the people that make those stupid ass comments, whether it's anti-Semitic or you know, some racist bullshit comment 
are people that want to try to be fun. They want to try to fit in and try to be funny a lot of times. And it's about reading the room again. Like if, if you're amongst a very close friend that you, you grew up with and you have like little jokes between the two of you, fine. That's not a big deal. When you're in a, you're in a group, a networking event group, uh, where you haven't met anyone and you start to make comments like that, you're an asshole. Basically it's that, that's, that's the, the bottom line. So, you know, I think it's, it's really about the awareness as Jeff said a few minutes ago and, and people just being, you know, trying to be funny, trying to fit in. And then these asshole guys that think, oh my God, there's a, you know, gorgeous girl over there. I'm going to go pick her up, get her number, and we're going to go to bed together. That's, that's the stupid mentality that they, they have. And, and who the fuck, I, I don't know where it comes from. It's, you know, it's that level of idiocy, but, um, you know, you got to be careful, man. I, I remember, I'll tell you quickly, guys, 1979, <clears throat> I graduated from college, dated a girl through high school and into college, and we're at a, a Christmas party or something. And my boss always said, never go to these Christmas parties. People get drunk and they make stupid comments. So I bring my girlfriend, who is two years younger than I am. Now, 1979, I'm 22. She's 20, okay? I'm standing next to a fellow who was the vice president of materials management. And he's drinking, and Susan is at the bar in front of him. He doesn't know that I'm her boyfriend and says, I'd like to run my tongue up her leg or whatever bullshit he said. I fucking hated this guy forever. I hated him for that comment. I could have punched his fucking lights out at that point. Uh, but, you know, that's 1979. And believe it or not, guys, you know, this is going to be hard to believe. I ended up going to church with this guy at the same church in Pennington, New Jersey. And I forgave him for, for making that comment because I figured he was just, you know, a, a flat out asshole. And, you know, and he's married and he's got like five kids. So that's the kind of bullshit, you know, you hear sometimes. And, and it just still hear it to this day. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we always talk about different people we run into. And, and you know, we talk about the people we don't like. But then there's people we do like. And I want to ask you guys, when you reach out and want to be start a relationship with someone in the business world or in any capacity, what are some of the characteristics you look for? Like me, I look for... They have to be honest, okay? I don't want people who are full of crap. You know, I don't want people who are faking it to make it. Don't, like, fudge your books. Don't do this. You have to be honest. Two, you have to have integrity, okay? That, that's very important to me. And three, you have to be sincere because I don't, I don't buy bullshit. That's three things that are very important to me. And if someone doesn't have them, I'm like, you know what? I, I just and, – and you know right when you meet them. But for you, Jeff, what are, what are some traits you look for that are like a deal breaker? Like if someone says, hey, Jeff, meet Steve Cooper, and you think uh, Steve Cooper's an insincere prick, you're going to go, I don't want to be in business with him or I don't want to hang out with him. What do I mean for coffee? But what are some things that you look for in somebody? Yeah, I think honesty and integrity are um, hand in hand, right? And I think that that's one of the – um, I think one of the things that is needed in order to, to be able to move forward. Secondly, I would say, um, how, do they show up? How do they show up, right? Do they show up in kindness? Do they show up um, in 
with like positivity and gratitude, like how, ha- ha- like when I'm around them and this is more, this is like a little bit and, and Kelly, and we've talked about this. This is more like when I'm around you, like, what does it feel like? What is that energy? Right. And, and how does, how does, what am I sensing when I'm around you? Cause there will be people that I will come across and it like just feels wrong and no words have been said, nothing had happened. It just doesn't feel right. And it's, it's kind of like a negative energy around them or a negative energy interaction between us. I don't know which one, but for me, it's having that positive, um, that positive force that draws me towards someone. And I found that it's typically honesty, integrity, kindness that are behind that, that draw, if you will. Um, that's how I sense and what I look for and what it, what I, what I feel for, um, in whether I'm going to spend time with people. How about you, Mark? I don't know, guys. I don't know about this honesty and integrity stuff. It's, it's, I've hired people that I thought were really honest and had great integrity and they turned out to be the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life and try to screw the business. So it, it, to me, it's, it's, um, it's a gut reaction you know, and, and you've got to trust it. You got to trust your gut. Um, that chemistry happens very, very quickly with me anyway. Um, you, you know, you start to feel it, um, that level of authenticity. I think you can, I think you can judge that pretty quickly. You know, if you're, if you're sincere and, and authentic, I don't know about the authentic or the, uh, integrity and honesty, uh, portion. I don't, that, that takes time and a lot of, of uh, diligence, you know, with, with that person. You, you just never know, guys. How you about you, Kelly? Know. How about you, Kel? I like the word authentic. You know, I, I'm always looking for who I can, I feel like I can sense, like Mark was talking, almost like your gut reaction. I feel connected to this person. Um, they make me happy when I'm around them, even if it's business or not business related, just people that kind of, kind of gel with me, um, taking it out of the professional sector. But, you know, what usually happens, you meet these people in professional settings, you wind up creating some sort of one-on-one or personal relationship with them. And ultimately, for me, that's almost always turned into some sort of business, which is which is really great. But aside from that, just I love to co-create with people. So I feel like I'm attracted to people that are similar and want to have similar things in mind, similar energy. And um, and I really enjoy that part, but it's, it's a little bit your vibe, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe kind of stuff. So, okay. And here's a question, uh, because we're, we're all on LinkedIn and LinkedIn has, has been to, has come to a point where it's, you know, I always, there's always like these motivational speakers who always are telling you what, what you did wrong. They always go, yeah, I want you to learn the, what, how I screwed up my business and it's like, well, well, then why don't you take your own advice and go back and start your own business and make it work, and then you can come back and talk to me. And a lot of people are always putting their business goals or business goals. You know, I want this, I want this, and that's fine. But personal goals are very, very important. And sometimes personal goals do include business goals. But I think, you know, I know Jeff is very self-aware and about personal goals. And I want to know, what are your personal goals? And if they include business, that's fine. But we all have personal goals. Like me, I, I want to wake up. I want to be the best person I can be. I want to love my wife. I don't want to die from my bad heart. And I just, I just want to enjoy life. And I've changed a lot since when I was, when I was almost eight days in the hospital. I changed. It's not to me. It's not about money anymore. You know, if I'm living fine, if I have a roof over my head, I'm fine. If I'm creating, 
I'm fine. And that's my goal to keep creating. Now, of course, I'd love to make a million dollars and, you know, leave my wife and date someone younger, but I don't tell her that. But no, what a, I'm joking. I'm joking, Joanne. Well, I know my wife doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to any of my shows. So, Joanne, I, I said it. Anyway, Mark, what are what are your what are your personal goals? Well, you know, Coop, honestly, I think uh the seven habits of highly effective people changed my life 25, 30 years ago, maybe more. I don't remember. But in in that in that uh reading that book and going through that process. My goals are family goals. I have social goals. I have physical goals. I have spiritual goals, mental goals, uh, financial goals. And what I try to do is I try to keep a very balanced approach with all of those things. I love my family. I love, you know, being a successful business person. But I also, I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful. Uh, I, I'm a faith-filled person. Um, but all those things matter to me. And uh, I, I, I try to improve every day. You know, the one thing that I learned a while back is that you never confuse your I and your R. And your I is your identity. Um, in God's eyes, you're always a 10, whether you believe in God or not. I mean, you're higher power, you're a 10. As a role, in the, in, in the role of father, brother, son, you know, business leader, host of a TV show, I'm never going to be a 10. I'm striving for excellence in those areas, not perfection, but excellence in those areas um, every day. So <clears throat> that's what I try to do, guys. I, uh, I try to improve in all those areas every single day of my life. Okay. How about you, Kelly? I think that, you know, my highest and best use is, I, I think, ease and, and joy, right? I want it to be easy and I want it to be happy. And, you know, I do all kinds of things for that. You know, I go to yoga and I hang out at the gym and I, you know, I work in a job that I like and I love my family and um, my son and my boyfriend and my animals and my friends. And I, and I think not necessarily in any particular order, but as long as those goals for me are to have the most ease and happiness, a lot like you, Coop, you just like, let's just make it easy. Let's, let it, let it be happy. And, and that's really that's, that's my, my goal. Those are my goals. How about you, Jeff? My goal um, is to continue to intentionally design my path forward um, and to do so operating out of joy as often as possible. Um, and when I'm showing up, because there are hard things in life and hard conversations, to do so with honesty and kindness. And if I can look back at these interactions that are challenging and continue to show up honestly and transparently and with kindness in mind and not being a dick, that is what is going to help me achieve joy. And that's how I want to show up and how I want my life to continue to design for me and my family. And I will say it was interesting. Uh, I was listening to uh, a couple of folks speak a week or two ago. And they were talking about how like the best 1% of your life is your vacation. And that's 1% of your life and how you should strive to live on vacation. And I heard that and I was like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard <laughs> because I don't want to live my life striving for 1% of my time to be spent here and there. I want a hundred percent of my life or as close to it as possible to be wherever the, wherever I am with whomever I'm with to be that feeling. 
right? And that's what I'm striving to continue to, to build and to create for myself and for my family moving forward. So that's, yeah, that's my answer. Well, I'm going to follow up with that, with, with another question that is similar to this. And I'll start, I'll, I'll let you keep going, Jeff. Um, how do you define success? Uh, wow. It's a great question. Um, I would define success um, as getting closer towards what I'm looking to achieve. So I don't know that success is like an end goal or like a, an end, like a, a finish line, if you will. I think it's a journey continuing to build towards whatever it is that you're looking to build and create. So to live in joy, to own a business, to hit certain revenue thresholds or create certain wealth, to have physical health, to have love, those are all things that are along the, the journey that I'm on. And as long as I continue down that path, I am considering that to be success. Okay. And now, now how about you, Mark? I, I look, you know, Coop, I look at my kids and, uh, you know, to me, that's the definition of, of success. I mean, I, I see that uh, my daughter's a jockey. She's a thoroughbred jockey. She's all doing exactly what she loves. 31 years old. My son is a professional drummer, as you know, buddy. And, and uh, he's down in Nashville and he's doing exactly what he loves. So as, as a parent, you know, there's no, there's no uh, um, uh, blueprint for being a good parent when you are successful in training and, and raising your kids to be good people and and people know that they're good people to me that's that's successful and and you know yeah all the other things the material bullshit doesn't matter i mean being a good person every day and making sure that the people that are around you are um are propped up and and helped and uh you know you you help build a pathway for them that's one of the reasons i do the shows um on the network is is to get the word out for for the the guests on my programs. It's, you know, as you said earlier and a million times uh, on, in conversations with us, it's never about us. It's always about the, whole, the, the guest. So that, that to me is that's success, man. I love, I love uh, helping other people. Okay. How about you, Cal? It's fun to be at the, at the tail end of this. Cause I feel like, what am I going to say now? But um, I listened to a life coach. What he said. Yeah, I want to hit him and a little bit of this. Um, I think that, you know, ultimately, if you're happy and your life looks great to you and you feel good inside and everyone around you is happy and thriving, that's success, right? Maybe thriving is money. Maybe thriving is health. Maybe thriving is happiness. I have this uh, life coach that I listen to says, you never get it done and you can't get it wrong. It is a process. And you're living it every day. Mm. And you know what they say about happy? If you're happy and you know it, you clap your hands. That's what they hey, say. Hey. <laughs> I got, I got, I have one final question for y'all. People coming out, someone young getting in now, not because you all have kids of different ages. And, and you know, Jeff, you have young kids. And Kelly, you have a younger kid. And as you said, Mark, your kids are following their dreams. And that's wonderful. And I think that's so important. But if you were at a networking event, and you've met, you know, like a 22 year old who just graduated college, what advice would you give them? Because once again, people, I think tend to be 
not mean to young people at events, but they sort of disregard them. I never had, because I came back from the West Coast. And when I went to an event, people, you know, some people were aloof. And I was like, you know, hey, I know stars, bitches, you know, be <laughs> nice to me. Okay. You're, you're nothing. You're not worth anything that, you know, you think you are. But what advice would you give to someone, a young guy, young girl, 21, 22, 23, going to a networking event, worried, like, what am I going to do? What advice would you give them? And we'll start with you, Kelly, so you can start the trend. Okay. Well, um, I would say three things to them. Um, don't be afraid to be purposeful. Follow through on what you say you're going to do. And don't be afraid to try new things and learn new things. And, you know, if you can hold on to that early in your career, things unfold very nicely. The second you put your back up or you feel insecure about something, things don't work as well. Okay, how about you? How about you, Jeff? Um, I would tell them a couple things too. Uh, I liked, I, I like the follow through comment. Just do what you say you're going to do, or don't say it. That's a really important thing. The second thing I would say to them is find a mentor, find someone that's willing and able to help you um, learn and grow. Um, so that you can accelerate your path. Um, and the third thing I would say is never burn a bridge. Okay, that, that's, that, that is great advice. How about, how about you, Mr. Iorio? I, I, think, I think the mentorship is, is critical. I think back to uh, when I graduated from college, I, you know, I was kind of green and, and a little bit edgy. And I had two gentlemen who uh, took me under their wing and, and and taught me the ropes, man. And they, uh, they were just amazing people. Um, I miss both of them a lot. Uh, they were, they were a lot older than me when I, you know, first joined the organization, but it's finding someone who can help you learn the ropes. And, you know, a lot of times these, these kids that are coming out of college, they have the skill set, They just don't have the polish. And what I think what Kelly and, and Jeff just said, Coop is important back up what you say you're going to do. If you're, if you're going to do something, follow through, man. That's, uh, that's so critical. But the first thing would be find, find a great mentor to help uh, teach you the ropes. And none of you said uh, in a Zoom meeting, make sure you have your pants on. I'm surprised none of you said that. So, because that's that's very important. You don't you don't think anything will happen. Like I'm not wearing pants right now, but I'm in a studio. Um, so anyway, but no, I want to thank you all for coming on. This was fun. I want to I want you to give your um your contact info or whatever you want about your company. Um, we're gonna start with you, Jeff. How can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more about your biz? Yeah, so you can find me on all social platforms, JMJB Payments. Uh, Jeff Harris, if you're connected with any of the people on this call, I'm connected with them on those platforms as well. Um, and you can email me at jh at jmjbmerchantsolutions.com. And Coop, thanks so much for having me. This was this was a blast. Uh, Mark, Mark Iorio. Hey, Coop, thank you. This was great. Jeff and Kelly, it's great to see both of you. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to see you, Coop, on uh, one of the shows. Uh, the best way to get I still, me. I still, I still been waiting for that invite to your pool. You know, you haven't invited me and my wife to your pool yet. I just it, think you give me false promises and you know. break my heart. Oh, I cry boy. myself in the shower. My wife comes in. I'm in a fetal position crying. And Joanne goes, what's the matter, Steve? I go, Iorio never invited us to the fucking pool. 
when it when when it breaks 80 degrees out there and it's not raining you can come over anytime i got my speedo i got my speedo okay. i i oh god don't <laughs> wear a speedo. I'm, joking. I'm joking uh okay mark i'll give you my get... <laughs> so um mark m-a-r-k dot iorio i-o-r-i-o at get bcat.com that's g-e-t-b-c-a-t.com uh, i'm on linkedin i'm I'm not that active on other platforms, um, a little bit on Instagram, but that's it. Uh, 609-577-4306 is my cell. Call me anytime. And Coop, you are welcome to come to my house anytime, <laughs> brother. All right. Thanks, and I, thanks for having us. Kelly, how about you? You can always find me at ITS. Kokua.com. You can certainly send a message to the website or you can email me directly at klyons at itskokua.com. It's kokua.com. And how about Gourmet Mama? Oh, yeah. You can watch Gourmet Mama anytime. You can find Gourmet Mama on Facebook and uh, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Kelly Lyons on LinkedIn, and uh, you'll you'll be hooked up to anything I'm doing. All right, well, people, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to give a big shout-out to Joe Ganjami. Joe Ganjami from Sweet Recording. Go to the website, Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. He kicks ass. He wouldn't be producing my show if uh, he didn't do a great job because I, I'm he's more of a perfectionist than me, and that's good when you're doing a, a show like this. Uh, you can email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. You can go to my other website, uh, coopertalk.net, where you can find my entertainment podcast. I've done over 960 episodes. If you listen to that and you like it, send me an email at cooper at coopertalk.net. And if you want to start a podcast, reach out to me. I'll sit you down. I'll, I'll, I'll flesh out your idea. We'll go over. We'll bring you in studio, and then I'll come back and critique it. It's a three-step process. So you can email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. I'm Steve Cooper. I want to thank my guests, and you all have a great weekend. <laughs>